Shady Pines limited series from Afterthought Media, where three gay men recap the Golden Girls season one. This episode, we're recapping season one, episode 25, the season finale titled The Way We Met. First, from the podcast Catching Up Live from the Blanche Devereaux Room, it's Mike Lawson. Hello, Mike Lawson. How are you? Good to see you. Are you just so excited that this is the last (laughs) that this is the end? No, 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 no. Uh, but I did. I I wrote this out in my head. I wanted to tell you that you're the reason that I don't like taking showers alone. <laughs> That's a joke from this episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and from the podcast, Pod is my co-pilot at Christmas. He's, he knew how to put away more than one eggnog. Please say it's obnoxious to Taylor, the latte boy. <laughs> I know that's Taylor's favorite line from the whole show. It's one of my favorite lines. But by the way, Joe, those are very nice cantaloupes. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, For the season finale, who better to end this series with than Taylor, the latte boy? Taylor, what what a sight and sound for sore eyes and ears. Thank you. Thank you. This is, this is, this is fun. I have enjoyed listening up till this point. I'm, uh, I think I've still got a, I definitely have a couple more episodes to go in the season, but it's, it's been fun listening to you guys talk about stuff and remembering some of the jokes when you say what the plot of the season is or the, the episode is. And, uh, I'm glad that I got to come one back one more time for one of my all time favorite episodes of the show. Well, spoiler alert. We also got rid of one of our gay guys. <laughs> Uh, well, that's very, very good. Uh, well, let's actually just jump right into the summary of the show. It's in the middle of the night and Dorothy, Blanche and Rose enter the kitchen scared half to death. They haven't been able to sleep after watching Psycho. Unable to go back to sleep, they decide to eat cheesecake and reminisce about how they met. There's a, a I'm not going to read everything that happened in this goddamn episode. Um, but, uh, that's, not, I mean, that's fine. Don't you think that's the summary? That's the yeah. episode. I mean, I can sit there and tell you what happened to the supermarket and stuff like that, but we're not going to do that. Um, You know, just in the general terms, Taylor, what are your thoughts on this episode? We'll get into specifics, but what are your thoughts on this episode? Well, okay, so a little bit of background is that I, when I was a kid, we had these things called VCRs, and you would tape TV shows or you would tape music videos, that kind of thing. And for some reason, I decided I wanted to tape the season finale of I loved the show all the way through the first season. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to tape an episode just I, I guess maybe to watch over the summer mm-hmm. or just whatever the reason was. And I did not realize until I started watching this episode how 
every script, every every word, every inflection, I had burned into my brain of where I was saying them along. The, oh, I was really? driving. I was driving my husband nuts. Where he was like, "All right, that's enough." Like I got through about two minutes of it, and then I was like, "Okay, I'll sit quiet." You know it that answer. well. If if it's in front of me, yes. If it's if, if I can't just say a lot of it, the whole thing verbatim. But um, I definitely have very favorite lines that I have mm-hmm. said throughout my life mm-hmm. with with certain things um, that come from this episode. So mm-hmm. it's it's definitely one of my favorite episodes. But I think part of it is because I've watched it so many times. So you're you're going to definitely be the expert on this episode, Lawson. What were your general thoughts on this episode? Solid episode. Mm-hmm. I felt very familiar with it as well. I feel like. There's certain episodes that I just would always stop on if I was kind of flipping through channels. Mm-hmm. And this would be one that like seen in the grocery store is very familiar to me. I feel mm-hmm. like I don't know if maybe it hits another clip show somewhere or something, but like I, I knew that really well. And not all I can't say that about all the episodes in the season because I kind of wasn't a very consistent viewer um, until this this go around. You know, uh, for me, I was talking to, you know, um, Aiden. We all know who Aiden is. Uh, my pal Aiden, my gal pal Aiden, he uh, he loves the Golden Girls. But he, he and I often talk about this. I generally, spoiler alert for the remainder of the series, I generally don't like the flashback episodes. Uh-huh. Especially the ones when they go to Dorothy when she was young. Uh, I just, don't, just generally don't like them. So I was sort of I don't I didn't really remember this episode. It's not as familiar to me. And so I was like, all right, well, let's do this. And I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed this episode. It is a very well written episode. But and a testament to it is some of the best writers from this season um uh are have written on this episode, you know? And so uh it is a it is a very, very funny episode. Lots of laughs, moves very well. I thought, yes. really, in fact, you know, I had this point here. I was going to say it later, but I'll say it now. Something that struck me when I was watching this episode was how good the acting is in this episode. And here's what I mean. This wasn't like a, your typical flashback episode where they go, remember that? And then they showed old episode. They were acting as if they had never met and they were new and I bought it. Does that make sense? Yeah. They hear they've done an entire season together and they're going back and they're act their flashbacks that they're reenacting, but it really did feel in their dem in their chemistry and their dynamic that they had never really met before. And I really totally bought into, oh, this is Rose and Blanche meeting for the first time. This is Dorothy and Blanche meeting for the first time. And oh, this is the first time we see Sophia. When it's not, this is I mean, that's the character's very well established by this point. And she also, the great thing about that performance with her in that one scene, which Estelle Getty's not in it very much. She's only no. in it like in that one scene in the middle. And then at the very end is that she kind of goes back. She reverts back to that early season one, Sophia, where she just says things yeah. that, you know, where you kind of, as the season goes on, she doesn't quite have that non-filter anymore. She's mm-hmm. able to participate in conversations rather than be like the crazy lady that just kind of says things out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So to, for her to be able to go back to that, it's, it is, it is a great callback to that first episode when she first walks in after, mm-hmm. you know, Shady Pines burns down. Yeah. 
uh no it, it, it it's a fantastic episode very well acted very well written uh big fan um you know, I, I, I said I didn't want to do this. I mean, we haven't done before on the show, but because this is a series of vignettes, I am going to read the little um, uh, summaries of each little moment here, and then we'll stop and talk. They're not very long. The, 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 you know, so in the first flashback, it's about how they all came to live with each other. The, uh, it starts off with Blanche meeting Rose in the supermarket by the want ads board. Rose had been evicted from her apartment because her landlord didn't allow pets and Rose couldn't part ways with her cat. At first, Blanche finds Rose's goody two-shoes attitude annoying and decides to keep looking for a roommate. But when she sees Rose give away her cat to a boy whose own cat had recently died, Blanche reconsiders. Uh, Lawson, what were your thoughts on this little vignette here? The first time we... They well, made- it's super relatable because last time when I was standing by the want ads at yes. the supermarket. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it was? It was like a community board. I guess yeah. maybe that was a thing before the internet. Yeah. Where people yeah. would do that. I it it's like I said, a very memorable scene. But it in very Golden Girls I kind of analyze it and break it down. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. She gave away the cat yeah. to some kid she didn't know, but she couldn't give up her apartment to give away the cat to yeah. you know what I mean? Like if she's willing to let it go, like go find mm-hmm. someone that could have taken it then. Yeah. I don't know. It's silly to me, but what do you think about that Taylor? Um, that makes sense. I hadn't necessarily thought of that. I just kind of remember thinking how sad it was that this poor old lady was going to be evicted, you know, for, and, and when you, because you know that she's a, she's a widow, she moved from Minnesota, you know, you don't know where she's living, you know, how she's living, that sort of stuff, but that she mm-hmm. was, there was a possibility that she was going to be out on the street Mm-hmm. With a cat, you know, really, it could have been, you know, the bad timeline for Rose's character. Mm-hmm. This is the scenes in the beginning and the end of this scene or the or the back and forth between Blanche and Rose. I love mm-hmm. something that is a huge pet peeve of mine is child actors. And there was something about this kid that just felt right out of like an acting school. The way that I also get that he was probably four mm-hmm. or four or five, but he just he was very annoying to me. There was something about him that I just that that's like the that's the low point of the of the episode for me. His entire resume, by the way, I looked him up is annoying. Like okay. everything <laughs> he's done is like kid voice in, you know, Little Mermaid Flounder cartoon. And yeah, like not the actual episode, but like some like video game knockoff type mm-hmm. stuff. Just like he's just an annoying kid voice. That's yeah. his job. And he still has that bowl cut, I'm sure. <laughs> Thirty five years later. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I, I wonder if it was meant to be a supermarket. They were clearly using a corner of the supermarket set to do it, but I yeah. wonder if it was supposed to be. They never say. And you know what's so funny is I don't see those community boards used, but we still have around here supermarkets from that time. They're still here. And they have community boards outside of the supermarket that people put things up, but it's usually from the city. But there's no, like, I need a roommate or anything like that, but, um, well, Starbucks I guess people really have use them. community boards like that. Oh, they I do. Mean, you know, the star. Yeah, they have they have boards where you can put up not necessarily like roommate type things, but mm-hmm. you know, if there's an event or if there's, you know, um, I mean, a, a lot of a lot of events for like not for profits and stuff. Yeah. They all like they all the post MS them MS walk. Yes, kind of stuff. very yeah. much things like that. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on this, uh, Blanche meeting Ro- uh, uh, Rose for the first time? Very good lines. The Blanche Devereaux room is a good line. I think it's a really well-written little vignette. Uh, any, any other thoughts on this little part right here? Those jokes are golden when 
Rose is stupid and they're kind of like just assuming that nobody's really that stupid. Like you see yeah. that a lot and every time it happens, I, I'm there for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. The next flashback starts with Dorothy arriving at the house for an interview with Sophia tagging along after Sophia's comments about the house. Dorothy's sure she uh, made a bad first impression, but she still gets the room. We see her move in and immediately start her, her fucking hilarious wisecracks with bl- imagine if someone just moves in and she's already being a smart ass to you that is that is my one issue with the relationships as i was watching this again with you know really focusing on it versus just sort of taking it in i thought she's mean to rose from like the get-go <laughs> yeah where at one point she literally within a minute of meeting her like shoves her finger in her face and says never do that to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a little intimidating she mm-hmm. definitely wants to be alpha dog in the house well she calls her mrs rogers like yeah. Right when she meets her. Yeah. And this I love another. Yeah, go ahead. This is another example that now, now Mike's got me thinking that it's weird that at one point, one, when she says at 7%, you couldn't blast me out of this house. I'm thinking 7% is not that great for an interest rate. Like that was the first thing. Oh, yeah. Said. Yeah. 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 It's that, funny. It's true. But then when she like they bring them in and she goes, well, let me give you a tour of the house. And she just walks around the lanai and says, you can take your top off here. And then goes back right to like not showing her rooms, not showing her the kitchen, not yeah. showing her the garage, anything. It's just very much a which that's the suspended disbelief of mm-hmm. a, an 80s sitcom as you just sort of assume that, you know, oh, well, that probably happened later. But mm-hmm. watching it now, it sort of it doesn't make any sense. Uh, no, it's, it's, yeah, you're right. She's like, lanai, <laughs> like, here, mm-hmm. here you go. Uh, Lawson, um, when you, you know, you just recently moved. Yeah. You know, are you still on your best behavior? Have you gotten comfortable yeah. around him? Oh, you are. So it's only been, what, 18 days, right? Okay. So I'm feeling it all out. Like I haven't even kind of unpacked everything because I want to kind of like figure out where things can go mm-hmm. in some of the shared spaces. So yeah, for there's no way that I would be doing those kind of jokes with them yet in fact like i was just telling taylor like it's almost like at a point where i don't even i don't know much about them at all except for what kind of shampoo they use mm-hmm. like i couldn't tell you anything more specific so you haven't really. been topless on your lanai yet well that they know stuff about me i'm saying <laughs> i don't know anything about them <laughs> do you do, i mean neither because there's no gay person there and it, the, the woman does she have a boyfriend or anything yes does um, she know you're gay fiance yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a hot neighbor. That's a story. That's a catching up story. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> catching up available on Patreon. So uh I was gonna see I was gonna say, do they know about your big giant schwanz? You're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know one thing I forgot to mention in the last moment about the cat. I don't know why I forgot to mention this. Uh I think an explanation for the cat. Uh, remember Betty White is super into animals. Yeah, they all are. Yeah, they all were big animals. Oh, really? Actors. All of them? Yeah. Uh, um, I know B. Arthur was a huge animal rights activist. You know what I've never mentioned on this show? I talked about it on Reddit and stuff like that. I remember when I was in college. This is probably right after the Golden Girls ended. Maybe a year or two after the Golden Girls ended. Mm-hmm. I went to the Beverly Center in L.A. with John Paul actually, and uh, Big Mall and. We were walking around and there was a Crown Books there, or like a B. Dalton bookseller, one of those places, right? <laughs> and it had like a, like a, like a, uh, one of those like, uh, placards, or I don't know what you call those like f- things and said like, 
today in person signing her book, Betty White. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, Betty White. And I peeked in and she was there and she was just by herself. No one was in line for her. She was selling some other like PETA calendar. I don't know what she worked for, you know, ASPCA calendar. Yeah. And she just sat there and I, and I was like, should I just go and talk to her? And I didn't. And I, to this day, I regret not just going because there was no one in. She was just literally sitting there looking at everyone, people walking around looking at, you know, like whatever shitty book was out in 1995 or whatever. And I was and, and I was like, should I go and talk to her? And now I regret I didn't do that. I mean, she's still alive, but. Yeah, um, I was going to say, of all of them, she's the only one that you may have another opportunity to do that with. I'll never talk to her. Uh, okay, <laughs> the next day, a trip to the supermarket brings out their differences. The girls decide to do their own shopping from that point on. After an argument about where they could store the raisin brand, the girls begin to think that they weren't meant to live together. This leads to Rose talking about the Great Herring War, which causes Blanche and Dorothy to laugh hysterically. Roy, Rose joins in, and they all decide they can learn to live with each other. Your thoughts on this little vignette, Taylor of the Latte Boy? Uh, the grocery store scene is one of my favorite scenes. Uh, definitely, it's a salami. It's a it's a pepperoni. It's obnoxious. Is one of my favorite things that's ever been said on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the the whole thing of where the, the the physical comedy that B. Arthur does of where she's trying to sneak the the uh, cans into mm-hmm. the is very funny to me because that you didn't really see her do a lot of physical comedy like that it's obviously not a pratfall or anything but just kind of working in that way um and the story about the great herring war Mm -hmm. and this may be why this is one of my favorite episodes my grandmother reminded me very much of b arthur my grandmother was a very tall woman she had a smoker's voice she had a very um quick wit about her she won the emmy for mod Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> my grandmother wanted <laughs> Emmy for one, and I remember wh- when she talked about, when she used to watch B. Arthur and Ruma Clanahan laughing during that scene. That used to make her laugh so hard, and she was convinced that that was like that was almost like an outtake that they decided to use that instead of you know just kind of them giggling about it or anything because they both seem they seem very much instead of Dorothy and. Blanche, they seem very B and Rue laughing at Betty White telling the story. So it feels like it's this genuine moment between the three of them that just kind of really worked within the, the course of the scene. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite scenes ever of, mm-hmm. of the episode. Of the Ma- series, I mean. Sorry. Lawson, what about you? I've compared this show to like dinner theater a hundred times. Um, so let's make it a hundred and one because I feel like in sort of like if you you could think of a few moments in plays where like i don't know a line is like particularly poignant for like the moment or you know something culturally is happening in the real world and so an actor kind of takes an extra pause or like does a double take and looks at the audience and i feel like those laughs are, are kind of like them us to see like i feel like it's intentional cuz like mm-hmm. it feels real whether you know what I mean? Whether it is or not in its manufacturer, I don't know. But, like, I feel like it, it is a good moment. And it's certainly something – there's a few others around, around that exact same table and around a Rose story where, like, it happens again. And I don't know if that's intentional or not, but it feels good. Yeah. Either way. It definitely it definitely feels good. And it's, it's, it, it, it's a fun – it's why we love this show. It's it's them sitting in tent and getting to know each other and laughing. And it's it's just it's a classic Golden Girls moment. Mm-hmm. If you were, would 
bother you then to learn that they like hated each other or like they really couldn't be in the same room like they yell cut and they look away and walk away like yeah i mean it's funny now knowing what we know about b arthur and betty white and that just mm-hmm. some of the scenes especially scenes where they're caring for one another particularly when b arthur is caring for betty white you think wow mm-hmm. apparently that was really acting um and it's it it does kind of take a little bit of the shine away from it, but you can still appreciate it for what it is in the moment. And I feel very much like I mean eighty six when this was summer, so I was thirteen when that when this came out, and I feel very much like that thirteen year old went particularly when I watched this episode because I watched it so often and and have fond memories of watching it with my grandmother. And also, so he masturbates it's, feverishly it's, before and after. I didn't hear what you said, but I don't know oh, what. That's fine. <laughs> it's probably for the best. Yeah. So, uh, well, back in, in October, when I hear this episode, I'll, yeah. I'll know what he said. And it's just right. Fuck you, Joe. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things I forgot to mention, and it's a good place here because we're talking about B. Arthur, we're talking about Blanche, we're talking about all that, is during her moment when she meets Blanche, but I think it's so funny. I don't know why she does this in almost every episode. But for some reason, it was very pronounced in this episode. And also when you because th- I so bought into the idea that these are these people meeting for the first time. Mm-hmm. Dorothy does something. B. Arthur does something as Dorothy, which is very odd. And it's something they used to do a lot. Like Norman Fell did it in the in, on, on uh, yes. Three's Company. Uh, and uh, Jack Benny did it on his show. I almost wonder if they took it from him. But she does that like slow burn break the fourth wall <laughs> like, <laughs> like someone says I, something to her and she like turns and literally turns away from the if you think about it, turns away from the characters and just sort of just looks at the audience like can you believe this shit like i i read a book years ago yeah. about a movie group that uh-huh. that met and it was um I forget who wrote the book, but it was him and another guy that were friends. And mm-hmm. he used to say that his friend used to occasionally, when somebody would say something dumb, do his Bornak, where he would make <laughs> that face just randomly into into like into the air, kind of like the way B. Arthur used to on the Golden Girls. So, yeah. so I know when you started talking about, it, I knew exactly what you're talking about, and Same. that's that's referred to in this book that I read as as a Bornak. It makes sense because if you think about it, if you're looking, they're looking at me or everyone who's listening, they're looking at me right now. It's like if you said something, and all of a sudden, I just went like. <laughs> you'd be who is he looking at uh why has the conversation suddenly paused to yeah. allow him to do it yeah well norman <laughs> fell on uh three's company mr roper whenever he do a whenever he delivered a sick burn to mrs roper he would literally break the fourth wall and look at the camera and be like yeah motherfucker i told her <laughs> <laughs> It was actually. It used to make me laugh as a kid. It was actually really, really funny. Um, okay, so let's talk about sort of the themes in this episode. The one that's going to be very interesting right now is uh, to talk about how we met. Taylor, how did you and I meet? You and I met through Mike, yeah. through the podcast. And then uh-huh. I don't exactly know how we got talking I don't remember exactly. I think that was through Daniel. Was that through Daniel? Well, yeah, because so you Taylor hated me and I would try and talk to Taylor at this pride 48 
and he would always be so rude and short with I me. I don't remember that. I, I really remember don't remember that. At the first Pride 48 I ever went to. Now, this is not you. This is uh, uh, Taffy did this. But you and you and Taffy were talking to Mike. And I walked up and I had a question for Mike. I don't remember what it was. And uh, and then I said something smart ass to Mike after he answered. And Taffy totally ca- came for me. And I was like, who, who is this bitch? <laughs> right. I don't even know her. Right. And then I tried talking to you in the presidential suite and you were like, just had not having it. And um, so every time I've met Taylor in person, he's been very rude to me. Um, we've met in person not every since. time. That's not true. I feel, you know what? I feel at the last Pride 40 I went to, you and I did have a really good conversation in the suite. You and I bonded. You yeah. and that, that was where you and I bonded because. Oh, in the hotel somehow- room. In the hotel room when we were we were doing the jokes about Boo Hacker. We were yeah. working on the jokes about Boo Hacker. <laughs> yeah. And then you and I like I I'd already read you my jokes and I remember reading them to you over the phone. I guess mm-hmm. Mike had given um you my phone number and we had kind of talked, texted and everything, and then I said, mm-hmm. Well, how about if I just read them to you? Or how about if I you know, and you so I talked to you on the phone and then we got talking in your hotel room. Mm-hmm. And then we pretty much talk shit about everybody yeah. in Pride 48. And that, yeah. that was how we bonded over over snark and just shit talking. Yeah. How, did shit talking. In, how did you and how did you and Lawson first meet? I do not that I was th- I figured this would be what we would talk about the theme that go along this. I yeah. don't remember how we got I don't remember do how have, I got game night guys. I can tell you one of our first like actual conversations there was a contest of some sort and I was a guest host on pot is my co-pilot. Right. But you and I think, started doing game night guys at that point. Yeah. We had interacted just via our own shows, never like directly yeah. at each other. Mm-hmm. And do you remember there was a joke that Taffy made? So Joe knows this story. I don't Taylor. We've never, I don't know that we've ever talked about it. I was dating a dude named drew and we were a couple episodes, like we had pre-taped a bunch of game night guys and we're taking time off. So we hadn't talked about it. So you didn't know that I had uh, broken up with Drew. And then Taffy made some sort of joke about like, the joke was she didn't, she didn't know my life at all. So she uh-huh. joked and said something like, can we finally admit how much we hated Drew then? Like, because she didn't know. I'm like, right. ha ha ha, right? That's funny. And I got a really nasty like email or text or something from Drew who listened to Pot is my co-pilot <laughs> and was upset that somebody had something to say about him and it was a it was a whole dramatic thing. I kind of remember that story. Because then something where Brian said the word Drew yeah, on we, an episode yeah. and then you weren't allowed to say the word Drew, Drew anymore. Yeah. He told us we're never allowed to say it his name again. <laughs> there was yeah. like a very dramatic thing. You're right. I would I would love to be able to know where that connection actually is for you and I, where that actually how we got how I. Yeah, because I remember like consuming a lot of game night guys like all like I almost like wanted to play catch up to it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that was you or Brian that, hey, we do a show. Yeah, I used to do. I mean, this is a it's a game, but I, I enjoyed it, but I used to like listen to shows and then interact with them and like, you know, like try really hard to kind of like not ever tell them to come 
listen to the stuff I was doing, but like just genuinely interact with like as many kind of shows as I could to help kind of promote the stuff I was doing. And Mm -hmm. it was a game I used to play. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh, All right. Let's, are we ready to go to the references? Uh, sure. If I could, can I say one more thing though? One of my favorite things that I will occasionally say to uh, my husband is the scene with the broken vase where she says, you know, well, you can't as one of a kind. She was very, very sick for a very, very long time. I loved her very, very much. For some reason, that is also another line that always makes me laugh. And occasionally, if one of us breaks something in the house, I will quote that quote that scene. Thank you. I'm glad you stopped the show for that. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to make sure I got it in. That's one of my favorite lines. And that's the, that's kind now of that's what that's that. that's the line that uh, Baba Lou says to Taylor almost every night. She was very, very sick for a very, very long no. time. <laughs> I want to make sure I got it in. Anyway, no. yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since it's been on Drag Race Recap, so I think you... Yeah, I'm a little you're, rusty. You're, you're a little slow on the, <laughs> on the uptake. All right, so as you know, Taylor, because you're a big fan of this show, we uh, cover references that like someone uh-huh. like Aiden may not understand. Yeah, okay? my favorite part of the show. I can't ever tell if Lawson's being a serious or not. So far, well, all of why would I not be serious so about far, that? All of the references that you, I've heard, mm-hmm. I only didn't know like one or two. Did so you look at this I, Buster I, Crab when we talked about him? Oh, you haven't been to that episode yet? No. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're both in love with one of the references. Yeah. Barry You'll Glick. <laughs> Barry Glick knew what he was doing. Okay. I have the list right here, but do you have any guesses on what the you you clocked it when you were watching it, Lawson? No. None. Zero. Okay, the first one is Candid Camera. Rose asked Blanche is usually on oh. Candid Camera. Candid Camera, I think people know what this is, but they may not a lot of young people may not realize that it was a television show and some specials hosted by Alan Funt. Uh it was sort of the birth of the TV prank. Uh I think there's a million shows that do this now, but they were sort of the creator of that TV prank. And it was a very popular show. And then when they were finally revealing the the prank to you. Oh, this reminds me of a story with Lawson. When they were finally revealing the prank to you, uh, uh, they the Alan Funt would come out and he would say, and then a lot when it got famous, people would know. Oh shit, I'm a candid camera, and he would go, "Smile, you're on candid camera." That was the line. That was the the catchphrase. Smile, you're on camera. And then cameras would roll out, and they were mm-hmm. all like wired into stuff mm-hmm. and. Yeah. yeah, it was a different time. Yeah. Now, now, Taylor, I don't know if you know this story, and maybe we've talked about this and catching up. I don't know. But when Mike and I both work at the Prince Interview, Mike called me one day and he was like, "Hey, I volunteered for this thing, but I have to work at Prince Interview, so I can't do it. Can you cover for me?" Oh, do you remember this now? Yeah. And then I was like, uh, sure, what is it? And then you told me, and then what? I was like, whatever. And then you called me like, I don't know if it was the next day or the same day or whatever. And you're like, actually, uh, I, I, that's, that, that's not real. I applied to have you go on a prank. Was it Girls Behaving Badly? <laughs> I, it was a show. I don't remember that detail. It was a female celebrity that was like involved at the top. I don't remember who she was either. I think it, okay. It was. I think it was Girls Behaving Badly. Was the TV who show? Who hosts that? 
Uh, wasn't it uh, Chelsea Handler? Chelsea Handler was on yeah. Girls that, Behaving that, Badly. That could be it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, and then he goes, I was going to put you on a prank show. And the premise was that you worked at a dress shop with MC Hammer. No, and- you worked at the shop and MC Hammer was coming in. And all you had to do was like help get sizes and stuff. Yeah. And then a girl would come in and MC Hammer would be working with her. And then MC ha- an actress playing MC Hammer's wife would come in and start screaming at him that he was cheating on her with this woman. Yeah. Basically, you were set up to do like easy security kind of okay at a at a mm-hmm. store and you would be witnessing mc hammer cheating on his wife and <laughs> yes. then his wife would show up and they would see how you would react <laughs> which i told lost and this is probably real i wouldn't have been a good subject anyway because i think immediately i would have been suspicious and i would have been like all the two-way mirrors <laughs> why are there so many fucking two-way mirrors and why did i sign a release to be a security guard so um and uh, why is MC Hammer shopping in this store that has no yeah. storefront? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is it, wasn't this a Halloween store two weeks ago? So, uh, yeah. So that never happened. But th- that's one time Lawson did that. The other time, why is there crap services on the <laughs> sidewalk outside? <laughs> why does that random man just say action? So uh, anyway, the other my other favorite story is when Ellen first came on the air, the show Ellen. Lawson and I were like strangely obsessed with it. And so I got tickets one time and he and I went. I, I want to say I've told people this and then maybe Lawson, you can back me up. I think it's the first time she ever danced because it really was like episode two or something like that. It, we were no, there. It for- was like in you could count the episodes on one hand. I remember they beforehand, they like show you previously on episodes yeah. and they were showing that. And I feel like. They had so much content that we watched every show that they've done yeah. before we watched our episode. Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like so she came, she came out and the DJ started playing the music and she just impromptu dancing. We cheered and she kept going. And so I think we were there for the birth of the dancing. Well, anyway, I and, I, and then we we so we liked it. And I think Lawson said, "I'll get the tickets for the next time," right? Which I did. Which you did. Oh, he did. He did. So then. And I, I wonder if I knew we were or almost not. there for the birth of another thing. Yeah, we were almost there for the birth of another fucking thing. So he, I, I think, I don't know if you told me before or after, but we basically couldn't go because Lawson had to teach an SAT class, right? Okay. But I don't know if I knew before or after he told me. I don't know when. But I found out. I'm like, oh, okay, well, we're not going to go. And then I watched the episode that aired. And it was the very first time she ever did the 12 days of Christmas or whatever. And everybody oh. walked out with like thousands. A new car. Uh, yeah. Thou- <laughs> I remember one of them was like a photo printer. And I was like, I could have totally given that to my parents. And like a $500 gift certificate to some catalog. And I was like, what? They, they literally got thousands. I was so angry <laughs> that we did not go to this. <laughs> And it was because I wanted to go to work. That's the stupidest <laughs> thing. But like, you were very I just felt really guilty about ditching a class that I had committed to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That that guilt that just kind of creeps up on you. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's candid camera. Archduke Ferdinand. He was the oh. one that was assassinated uh, in World War One. Um, yeah. I don't know what the why. What you know the, the episode by heart? Why do they bring up Archduke Ferdinand Taylor? <laughs> 
You just told us, you know, the entire know, episode by heart. It, it was it was a neighbor, right? Is it a neighbor who thinks he's the Archduke Ferdinand? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so he was assassinated. And that's what kicked off all of World War One. Uh, Dale Evans. This comes up after the Mrs. Rogers joke. Yes, right. And um, and Betty White says, or Rose says, oh well, of course, there's the most famous Mrs. Rogers, Dale Evans, because she was the wife of of Western star Roy Rogers. Yes. Who sang um, Happy Trails, right? And he was like an action star at the time when like it was like him and Gene Autry were the two Western people. And uh, and then I guess he lent his name to a series of like restaurants, chicken, restaurants or something Sh- like, like that. Like fried chicken, pla- fried chicken and roast beef sandwiches. Yeah. I loved Roy Rogers when I was a kid. That oh, was really? one of my favorite places to go. Yeah. One of my favorite fast food places to go. And... And you're paying the price for it now. But yeah, uh, <laughs> and uh so Dale Evans was his wife and they were famous. She would always be like his wife in the movies, too, you know? Oh. And they were like a famous couple. They were like a famous Western couple. The Jerry Lewis telethon. I was like, somebody should bring that back and do it like old 70s style. But up until fairly recently, but I think no one did it. Every Labor Day, right? Wasn't it Labor Day? Yes. Jerry Lewis would host a 48-hour non-stop telethon okay and it would be like but it had like these horrible variety as like magicians but then it would be weird to be like a magician and then like frank sinatra and dean martin would come out and right. then like um yeah it would be like a weird it was like a weird mix of giant celebrities and, and like then like the local high school tap dancing and then by the end the thing always was that like you know jerry was wearing a tuxedo by the like the last few hours like he was just so like the tie was undone and he was like a mess. His hair was disheveled and, um, and they, but they would always raise money for muscular dystrophy. Is that what his thing is? Muscular dystrophy. Yeah. yeah. They, it went on until 2014 and he always ended with, you'll never walk alone. Yeah. He always saying you'll never walk alone at the end of it. <laughs> it's not too different from what Rosie O'Donnell just did for the actors fund where she did a sort of tele cast thing where she brought people in from broadway and they all did their thing like it's similar i think i don't know we just consume media so differently that like there's no there's nowhere where someone's gonna sit down for 48 hours and watch anything but what's funny is just like the real pride 48 thing my favorite shows weren't the frank sinatras and all that and my favorite shows were like the local hypnotist you know, yeah, yeah. who came out. The woman right? with like, who dyes her poodles different colors yeah. and they jump through. Yes. Those were my favorite acts. Those were my favorite. Like the worst horrible acts. Uh, okay. So, uh, I did pull a commercial because, and Taylor, fill us in here. Why do they mention the talking to the Rice Krispies? Because snap, crackle, pop. No, no, no. On the show, why do they mention it? The context. The, the, the context is. I don't remember it. Rice Krispies. Yeah, Dorothy makes a joke about her talking to the Rice Krispies. Somebody making a talking to the Rice Krispies. Oh, until until I met you, I didn't realize people talk to the Rice Krispies. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that was there was there was a series of commercials in which I feel like I remember people talking to their Rice Krispies or feeling like you know because Snap, Crackle, and Pop were the logo. They like listen to them. Yeah, and And they they would listen listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually pulled one of those commercials. Here we go. My Kellogg's Rice Krispies are talking! <laughs> My Kellogg's Rice Krispies are talking! My Kellogg's Rice Krispies are talking! That's nice, Harold. But what are they saying? They say that three strange dudes will come into my life. 
and then snap, crackle, and pop walk in. But you get the idea. The point point is that Rice Krispies are really loud. Yeah. So that was that. And then one more thing, one more reference here. <clears throat> when they're at the supermarket, the first cost point is, the first price point is that Blanche wants to buy a can of oysters. Yes. And they cost $4. And then later on, I think there's a pork loin that's fifteen ninety nine, And yes. the Dorothy gets really expensive. Okay, this is a quiz for both of you. Price is right here. In twenty twenty dollars, Taylor, why don't you give a guess here first? Uh, four dollars. What would your guess? Four dollars would be in twenty twenty dollars. Twelve. Twelve dollars. All right, Lawson. I was going to say sixteen, but you could convince me twelve is right. <laughs> the correct answer is nine dollars and forty six cents. Ah. And so fifteen ninety nine is thirty five dollars and forty six cents. Uh, I don't know how that works. Well, again, going back with the, I know it's weird, but I actually put both numbers into the, um, uh, the um, website. I guess maybe it just changes as the numbers go up. But um, Taylor, I have a question. Yeah. So one, a, a joke that I've never really gotten and never thought to research is a bottle of cold duck. What is cold duck? Is that just like a cheap wine? I guess it must have been. I, I guess that one floated by me. Yeah, where she says a, a can of this and a bottle of cold duck, you'll be peeling them off the wall. I think it's beer. Oh no, wine cellar, champagne. Is it like uh, a cheap champagne or something? Cold duck still exists. Sparkling wine. Oh, interesting. I, I guess when I was writing something down, that slipped by me. Yeah. Oh, you know what? If you look at the label, it kind of just looks like the kind of champagne stuff you'd find at like the bodega on the corner like real cheap stuff right you've seen this champagne <laughs> kind yeah. of not even champagne <laughs> like essentially yeah. like a boone strawberry hill right or like asti spumanti yeah yeah uh okay so those are all the references that were in the episode what's next lawson what do we do next wrap it up we don't have a <laughs> next episode to, we don't have a oh, next that's episode right but we do about. the cheesecakes though Oh, yeah. Yeah, we How do many? the cheesecakes. So I'll start because Lawson's pulling it up. Uh, I would say I give this episode, uh, this feels like a solid eight cheesecakes for me. Taylor? Uh, I don't know. There's part of me that thinks this is a perfect episode. but Oh, really? Not. And then it's, it, it, my two favorite episodes from this season are this one and the the second episode where we first meet Stan. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I like this one more, so I'm going to give this one a nine. Wow, nine. Okay, and Mike Lawson. You know what? I'm really on the fence, and I think I've screwed the the grading up a little. Like, I kind of was a little too strict in the beginning. So just to kind of keep things consistent, I'm going with an eight, Mm -hmm. because that's the highest score I've given all season. So grading on a curve, Um, it's an eight. Now, where does this rank on the episodes lost? Well, you don't have Boo Hecker's timeline, right? Yeah, it's hard for us to say exactly, but um, just looking back, a little romance and the flu episode Mm -hmm. are kind of like at the top with this episode for me. And then for you, you have Second Motherhood um, as being a little bit better than this and then a few episodes that are tied. You know, uh, 
uh, oh, you said something right now that I, I, I lost my train of thought. Uh, Taylor, what about for you? You know, you know, last uh, thoughts on the season as a whole, Taylor, compared to the other seasons, you've seen them all multiple times. Compared to the other seasons, where does this one fall for you? Uh, it's it's not my favorite season. I feel like as they get a little bit more into the characters and they all become a little bit more of characters of the characters, like seasons, like I want to say four. Four is like top notch as far as a lot of the stuff they get into. But I feel like it's it was a great – it was a, you know, a television. It was on Saturday nights at I want to say 9 o'clock and I was – a nerd so i was home on saturday nights in middle school and i would sit and watch this with my grandmother but um i I have very fond memories of it and i feel like it's a lot of strong character building world building within the series um and there's some great great episodes right you know i so i also have fond memories mine were this is no shade mine were in reruns right like it was in syndication and it was kind of like in those after school hours Mm -hmm. you know as a latchkey kid where we would kind of turn on tv and watch stuff and so this was on a lot um in those kind of should be doing homework but i'm trying not to hours um and then this might sound like a metaphor but i swear it's not a metaphor like when you start something new it sometimes takes a little bit of time to get off the ground and like work and find the right pace and like understand all the characters. And sometimes some characters don't make it to the end of the season and Mm -hmm. like things kind of have to kind of work themselves out. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this show did a great job of like getting that out of the way very quickly. There's a few weird episodes that are like, just don't fit in perfectly, which makes it, you know, just it's a first season working itself out. But for the most part, I feel like, Right away, like the writing's good, the characters are who they're supposed to be. I feel like it it takes off real quickly and it's enjoyable from the beginning. So it's good. You know, I remember what I was going to say earlier, and then I'll go to the season thing. What I was going to say was uh, through a YouTube deep dive, I don't know how I found this. Uh, I found somebody had filmed uh, on their like personal video camera. They had some sort of event at like the WGA or something. It could have been for an Emmy consideration kind of thing where they showed a couple episodes and they brought out the creators and the whole cast. And it's fairly early on in the show. Like it's the show's obviously a hit, but maybe it's season two or season one or I don't know, you know, and they, they the, the women do a Q&A. And what's interesting is they, they show you the intro and they bring the women out. And everyone applauds and they say, OK, we're going to show two episodes and we'll be back with the Q&A. So we don't see those two episodes. So I don't know what one of the episodes was. Uh, they they were both said that these were the, the two episodes that they showed the creators felt they were like their favorite episodes. But I do know one of them and they went on and on about it was a little romance. The one about the site. They just thought that that was the Golden Girls Solid. themselves yeah. thought it was one of their yeah. favorite episodes they ever made. So it feels um, like it becomes a template for other episodes later on. They they kind of just repl- like I know there's one where Dorothy dates a priest. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're, they're they're definitely they kind of do that of, well, maybe I shouldn't be with this person. Maybe I should. And there's always kind of like the big punchline. But yeah, that's that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, my thoughts on the season as a whole, you know, Lawson kind of hit it. But I would say when you watch other television shows, yes, there are a few bumps along the way. But there's no there are no bad episodes. Even the worst episode is still average ish. Right. I don't think I ever gave a three, two or one. And I think the ones that came closest were in the beginning. And I feel other TV seasons have it a lot worse. You know, where they're trying to even shows that you consider great 
they are trying to find their way. And I feel for a being a first season of a, of a brand new show, it's, it's fantastic. It's just sort of one of those things where everything just works because look, yeah. let's be honest. No one's talking about the other shows from these. Is anyone still talking about Benson or empty nest or nurses? So they went on and made other shows that were moderate hits, but this is the one that everything was just firing on all cylinders with this show. Uh, okay. Well, there's no next episode, but I will say Lawson, and I'm making this announcement here for the first time. There is going to be a season two Woo-hoo. of Shady Why Pines. Blindsiding me with this. Yeah, no. <laughs> now Lawson's already given me a soft no, <laughs> and Taylor's given me a. I need to think about it. But regardless, the sh- season two is going to happen. Okay. Cool. And yeah. so, uh, uh, so look forward to season two of Shady Pines coming your way soonish. I don't know. There's another cool. quarantine. Uh, but other than that, uh, um, Lawson, um, thank you. Thank for you being for being a, a friend. friend. Yeah. Thank you for being a friend. Taylor, you know what? Taylor, honestly, you are a good person and I want to thank you for being a friend. Thank you. And I know this has, uh, nothing to do with the show at all, except for this, the, the obscure reference to this episode, to, on this episode. But let's, we'll go out with a regular intro, but why don't we go out with a little, uh, this. Happy trails to you. Until we meet again, happy trails to you. Dale Evans on Harmony. Keep smiling until then. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather. Happy trails to Let me tell you what, my father fucked Marlena Dietrich. Don't joke about that. Excellence. You earn everything. Hi, Manela. <laughs> I just saw Manela, girl. Well, guess what, Mimi? We did. I'm so into voguing right now. Go back to Party City where you belong. Happy trails to you. <laughs> I don't know why putting drag race quotes into that shit is so funny to me, but it is. All right, let's actually do a real intro. Thank you, Mike Lawson. Thank you so much for actually finishing the season and being responsible. And Taylor the Latte Boy, I know how much you suffered to do this. So I appreciate taking time out of your day of fighting with Babalu to do this. Thank you for listening to Shady Pines, a limited series from Afterthought Media. You can find Mike Lawson on Instagram at Mr. Mike Lawson. That's M-R-M-I-K-E-L-A-W-S-O-N. You can find Joey Boohacker on Facebook. Uh, Joey. 
and last name B-U-C-H-E-K-E-R. And you can find Joe Batanz on Instagram at Joe Batanz. It's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. Shady Pines is an Afterthought Media podcast. <laughs>